yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that I think uh, would be fun to chat about too on the horizon. I mean, stuff that's already out <laughs> um, that yeah. I'm wanting to <laughs> cover. You know, Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro version, which I haven't seen, um, but Avatar, which is really good, and uh, Puss in Boots, which freaking rips. <laughs> Yeah, um, I saw that Puss in Boots actually has like a better rating right now than Avatar 2. And I was like, <laughs> I, I saw a meme. It was like, ah, nice. yeah, you waited 10 years for a sequel just to get beat by Puss in Boots. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know um, what the box office has been for Puss in Boots, but uh, I hope it's doing well because it deserves to be. Uh, it's been the first Shrek spinoff yeah, since goodness knows when um when was yeah they did during covid they had like an interactive puss in boots thing on netflix but before that i don't know was it the last puss in boots movie um shrek forever after was 2010 oh yeah yeah and the last yeah 2011 was 2011 wow wow that's crazy yeah they're like they're like we're just gonna take a hiatus on shrek and just do puss in boots (laughs) <laughs> the breakout star apparently you know, Shrek. <laughs> yeah. I never saw it. Like I don't I don't know that I've seen the 2011 film, honestly, but it, yeah. it, that is an odd choice. I mean, it's not an odd choice because Puss in Boots is like a fun character, but it's interesting that that's like the one that they've like they're like we're going to run with this one. I haven't seen the original uh Puss in Boots since 2011 when it came out, but I definitely saw it in theaters, so I barely remember it. <laughs> I'm like, I think I might have seen it. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was a long I'm, time ago. I, I'm sure I've seen recaps of it in on YouTube or in podcasts. I, I'll have to check it out now that uh, I got to get hyped for more Shrek, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if they come out with a new Shrek. I'm just like, there's really hope those pictures I saw are not like how they're going to do the animation style. I, um, it's yeah, it's sort of a different style. This new Puss in Boots. So you haven't seen it, right? The new Puss, Mm-mm, not no. yet. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, hopefully, cover that soon, if not next. Um. But yeah, we'll have to hear what our uh, what the rest of the cast is up to. Uh. After today, I was talking to Alex yesterday, and um, she sounded like she tried to see Strange World. She hadn't yet, but um, I don't think she made it in time. So she's been kind of off the slack today. Um, so yeah, she was having Disney Plus difficulties. So <laughs> yeah, technical difficulties. We'll uh, venture um, into the unknown, into uh, the, <laughs> the wild blue yonder. Yeah, uh, once more into the breach. In this uh, first recording of 2023. I think I technically released the Andor episode in 2022 as well on like, I think New Year's Eve or something, but uh, (laughs) it was, I think it was still, you know, the clock had yet, the calendar had yet to turn, Um, uh, the the page had yet to turn, Um, how many random obnoxious idioms can I throw out in one episode? Oh, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, it was it was New Year's Eve. I went and checked for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're you're yeah. the yeah live producer who does all the research and fact checking as we go along, which I love. 
Yeah, I'm always blaming my husband hates it because I do it while we watch movies and shows. And I'm like, I know that voice. I have to know who does it. And then I'm like, you know, researching. I'm like, oh, I need to see like their filmography. What have else have they been in? And he's like, can you just watch the movie? And I'm like, absolutely not. I have to do this right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it was a very helpful article uh, in the Disney 23, uh, this year publication for D23 that I just uh, crammed before hopping on the Zoom. So uh, I'm all caught up on my behind the scenes strange world trivia. So yeah, I'll intro the show, this being the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm Philip Elke, and today I'm joined by Bridget from Georgia. Thanks for joining me here in Minnesota, Bridget, via the wonders of the internet. How are you doing in 2023? Oh, good. Uh, it's been uh, like ridiculously warm. So apparently we're already in spring in Georgia. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, just trying to start the new year, not chaotic, if I can help it. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's been nice here. Uh, it's currently above 20. So that's always a plus. Above 20. It was 70. <laughs> it was 70 here today. Like it was nice. really cold in the morning. And then by like 11, I was like, why am I sweating? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's been a wild winter of weather. Um, were you affected by any of the, was it Superstorm Elliot that swept the nation? Uh, did you get some some major rainfall from that? Not, not really. It was just like really cold. It was like, I mean, it does get cold, but the thing about Georgia is it like bounces back and forth. So it's like, oh, it's going to be like, it was like, you know, in the 20s and stuff, which is like too cold um <laughs> well it's like you know 20 there um and then it'll like yeah i've worn shorts on christmas so yeah it was oh, just like sure. cold yeah it's ridiculous um it like it was like cold <laughs> we didn't really we didn't get any snow but we did we drove up to virginia the day after Ooh. christmas and yeah. they had it's that's where my husband's from and so it was like they had had like snow and they still had ice on the ground it was kind of mm -hmm. crazy because i was like I'm like, yeah, it's cold. And it actually wasn't like any colder there, but they had had snow and all kinds of fun stuff that we did not have. Like, I think they had a tree like fall, not a whole tree, but a branch um, fall through their new roof on their screened in porch too. They were like, oh. dang it. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I hope uh, everyone, anyone who's listening who had uh, travel drama over the holidays has since recovered. I know that's probably a uh, traumatic experience that'll take a while to get through. I can only imagine uh, dealing with flight cancellations and delays and just the experiences of um, oh Steve Martin and John Candy and planes, trains, and automobiles sort of situation. <laughs> uh, movie which I recently saw for the first time. And, and yeah, that does, it totally encapsulates like the worst case scenario of the uh, holiday travels gone wrong uh um yeah the incredible write-up here and i never do this but um like reading verbatim um from a publication you know doing this you know here log line for the film we're covering strange world the 61st animated feature from walt disney animation studios helmed by oscar-winning director don hall from big hero six Raya and the Last Dragon. The film boasts a voice cast led by Jake Gyllenhaal as Searcher Clay, a farmer who finds himself 
thrust into an expedition into the unknown. Dennis Quaid as Jaeger Clade, Searcher's larger-than-life explorer father. Gabrielle Union as Meridian Clade, a pilot, natural leader, and Searcher's wife and partner in all things. Jabuki Young-White as Ethan Clade, Searcher, and Meridian's 16-year-old son who longs for adventure beyond his family's farm while also navigating a school crush. And Lucy Lou's as uh, Callisto Maul, the leader of the exploration party and the head of the land of Avalonia, a lush and fantastical valley surrounded by mountains so steep that no explorer who has tried to climb out has ever returned. So there, a little pre-roll a la 1930s pulp cinema. <laughs> uh, all right. What what do you think of Strange World, Bridget? So I thought it was really cute. Um, it. I'm like, a, I'm a bit bummed that they did not do like better marketing for this movie because I feel like more people would have gone and seen it because honestly, mm-hmm. like until you guys brought it up and they're like, oh yeah, we would like, Jody was like, oh, I saw it. And I was like, what is this? I had not heard of this. And so I watched, I actually watched it today and yeah, it was just really cute. Like I liked the story. I liked the animation. Like I'm very much like, I really like animation styles like I know for a while they were like live action everything but it's really nice to like get back to like an actual animated movie (laughs) which um I did see that they were still under Bob is it Chapek is that how you say his name I I always heard Chapek Chapek okay so they were still under him when they were doing the movie and like releasing it and stuff and Mm -hmm. so I actually, I looked it up because I was like, why? Because they actually, like, apparently it bombed at the box office. Yeah. And they lost, like, $150 billion. <laughs> it's insane yeah. how much money they lost. Um, I, I thought maybe it was, just, like, yeah, around $100 million when you factor in all the marketing and production. But Yeah, yeah they, like... They nearly, they said nearly about $150 million, And I was really? like, really? $150 not good. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, but now it's the number one movie on Disney Plus now that okay. it's streaming. Yeah. So it's like it beat out um, some of the other one. Like, so I think Avatar one uh, was number three and like Uncanto was number two. And then like Home Alone and Home Alone two were four and five. And that was at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah. So apparently like now that it's on Disney Plus, it's doing great. And I was like, so obviously either one it's too expensive to go to movies that that is that is one <laughs> that is That's one true. with everything else being expensive like maybe people aren't going to the movies but two i just don't think that they did good marketing for this because it was a really good movie like i really liked it like i thought it had a good story all around yeah i just liked it i don't know <laughs> uh yeah, very pleasant uh very watchable also I mean, it felt short. It didn't f- feel like it lagged much at all. Um, I was kind of surprised seeing it in theaters. And then I watched it again today. You know, it just kind of wraps up real nicely. Um, and uh, it, it looks great. Um, it's just visually is super fun. And I kind of wish I had seen it in 3D. Uh, I, I do enjoy a 3D film uh, here and there, but it's been a while since I've seen a movie in 3D in, in theaters. Uh, but hoping I can maybe catch Avatar Way of Water uh, one of these days. Um, I, I've 
seen it once just standard format but uh yeah two, that uh that article i was citing by the way uh shout out to allison stateman in the disney 23 uh, magazine a world of difference is the name of the t- the article uh right you know detailing the uh production and synopsizing uh, the film um yeah directed by don hall from from Big Hero 6 and uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, Kui Goyen uh, was also a screenwriter and co-director uh, coming on from Raya as well. Uh, he's also worked in like Marvel, I think, and in um, and in theater. Um, producer Roy Conley from Big Hero 6 and Tangled, etc. Uh, this movie opens with a new... Um, Walt Disney Studio logo, which was cool. Did you uh, remember that much? Uh, I did. I like noticed it briefly, but I was yeah. also multitasking, which is I'll a bet. problem of mine. <laughs> I was multitasking, and I was watching it with my three-year-old. So, yeah, if you've yeah. only seen it yeah. once, it it does. <laughs> uh, you know, I I was sort of you know pause it this second time and kind of scrub through and because there are a few different Easter eggs. Um, very very prominently in the background behind the castle when it finally settles on the main shot of the castle it's uh you, you see pride rock in the background to the right and the matterhorn to the left and then there are the um, lanterns from tangled um the, the floating lanterns that, that are sitting in the river that runs underneath the castle um, so those were at least three Easter eggs that I counted from the the new logo variant for the Disney um, company 100-year celebration that they're celebrating this year in, in uh, 2023. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could find it. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could find it so I could look at it. List of Easter eggs. I did check briefly. Oh, yeah. Or just a video of the new logo. I was looking for Frozen references, of course. I didn't really... I mean... There's the star, which starts out as reflection, pulls out, um, and, and it, it comes like flying out of the river, becomes sort of this uh, um, <laughs> little reticle thing that, that, you know, casts magic all over the the castle and transforms it from like a more kind of metallic monochrome castle to Cinderella castle from magic kingdom in Florida. Um, that's essentially what they've fully patterned this new logo design after. Um, and then you get a nice real up close look of the castle. Um, it's that the camera zooms around it. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing the little ball of magic that's doing all the transforming isn't necessarily a reference to like that, that fifth spirit, ball that the little orb that Elsa's chasing in uh frozen two but it's a similar concept <laughs> you're like i'm gonna find the easter egg i know it's there <laughs> well i mean they reference tangled so it's like you gotta you gotta you know pay the piper and uh <laughs> you know give a nod yeah. to the best animated franchise <laughs> well i mean the, the biggest for sure but well yeah tangled i guess technically <laughs> is a franchise now because it's got the spin-offs and uh, you know various uh, show. short films yeah um so i i know i think if you pulled 
um, overall Disney fans, um, Tangled would probably beat Frozen. And just you know, what film do you prefer? Um, I'm I'm less of just an overall Disney fan and just more of a, a movie fan in general. And uh, plus, you know, Elsa, like Idina Menzel, and and uh, Kristen Bell is on. You, you just you can't beat that dynamic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love Tangled. I love Rapunzel. So I'm like. I feel like I, I can't pick one or the other. I like them both for different reasons, for different reasons. Like okay. I like, cause of course I love Mandy Moore too. I'm like, maybe that's just like the, the like tween in me. I'm like, I have to love her. It's Mandy Moore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tangled goes hard in some places. It's also a bit, uh, I don't know. I think more childish, more schmaltzy in other areas that I think frozen, you know, just is, is better balanced for me in my in my taste. Like I, I don't like a lot of juvenile like nonsense that shows up in a lot of animated movies for kids. But you know you expect it to be there because it's ostensibly for kids. Um, but Pixar, for example, is a tremendous job of transcending any of that. Um, you know, and and has humor that is all you know four quadrants, um, delightful for kids while also entertaining. Uh, and elevating, uh, you know, directed at adults. And then, you know, things like Hayao Miyazaki, uh, you know, these masterworks of animated art, um, you know, also appealing to kids as well as adults. And and then I'm excited for a, a new film coming up from Makoto Shinkai, who did Weathering With You and um, mm -hmm. Your Name. He's got a new movie coming out in April, uh, April 14th, I think. I have it marked down on the calendar. A new movie called Suzume. Uh, it's been out in Japan. I haven't heard that much about it. I just want to go in as cold as possible. Um, but whenever that... I'll have to remember that. Because we... Yeah. So we yeah. love those movies. And we love Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Um, which is funny. There's actually... I'm going to remember this for mm -hmm. later. There is a tie-in to Miyazaki in this okay. movie. Okay. Yeah. There is. I read about it. Um... <laughs> yeah, directly. What is <laughs> that? Yeah, I I, just those. so we don't forget about it. I, I want to okay. hear... Um, so when they were doing the animation Corey Loftus helped do some oh, yeah. of the animation um and because they so when they did the movie they started doing strange world however long that took I, I didn't see anything that said like what year it started but did you 2016 did you find? 2016 I think was the inception of it yeah so they had to stop to do Raya and then pick it back up so apparently in that time frame Corey Loftus was working on it, left Disney, came back, and worked on it again. Um, so he kind of just picked back up. But the venture ship is actually inspired by Hayao uh, Miyazaki and like the different kind of airships he had in his films. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, Hall said that it was like reminiscent of Castle in the Sky, like some of the airships that they have in that movie. Um, and that's apparently his favorite film. So I was like, oh, interesting, because we. We, we love we love them. We love those movies. We actually just watched your name recently. Oh, we good. tried to watch Weathering with you, but we could only find it subbed. And hmm. I don't have that kind of lifestyle to watch it only subbed. I'm like, I need I need a dub. So once I find a dub version, we'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. Great dub. Um, I think I've only seen your name subbed. Um, but okay. they, they, they have find your good name. people. Yeah. yeah, HBO Max has your name dubbed. Okay, I should watch that. I and they have yeah. all the they have all Studio Ghibli on HBO Max as well. Oh, sweet! 
Yeah, we yeah. just rewatched Princess Mononoke. So <laughs> that that's my that's my husband's all time favorite movie. So have like a corner for Princess Mononoke in my house. Yeah, Weathering with You is up there for me. I so something about that movie just uh, is really I find spectacular and sort of the relationship between the material and the non-material realms and, and the way they clash you know the <laughs> that ethereal ephemeral quality of of something like weather you know the chaos of it all and the, a character who's able to um kind of interact with it on a molecular level um, and then also like the creatures that in, I, there's something super resonant to me about like yeah the the f- life forms that exist within this mysterious space um sort of like in strange world is a, a, yeah. a it's very similar <laughs> concepts well and then also have you ever seen the movie inner space uh, or I'm heard of sure. it <laughs> this is late I'm not 80s sure. um it's well, relevant. Yeah, let me let me look it up so i, I can see if i have because there's some yeah. movies that i forget the name and then i'm like oh i do, I do know that 1987 also, uh, yeah, inner space. It also, I think it's also one word, um, but that stars Dennis Quaid as this uh, pilot of a submarine, basically, that goes inside of a person's body, Martin Short's body. <laughs> uh, there's also the Fantastic Voyage, which is reminiscent, like traveling through a, a body. Uh, yeah. spo- spoiler alert for a strange world. We'll kind of touch on, <laughs> we'll, you know, try to make this conversation a bit brief, not, not go hugely in depth on, on some major spoilers stuff. I don't know. There's I don't know. It's a very conventional story. I think um the the most value you'll derive from it is is largely in like the visuals and just sort of some of the traditional story beats that you expect from this kind of kind of personal tale. And the characters are so charming that the um performances really ground the film in what is otherwise a very wacky premise. Um, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate and that's what, that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I liked. Like, I liked how it like had this message about like you know the environment and like mm-hmm. treating the environment well, or then you like you know you won't have it. Um, but also like it wasn't like so blatant. Like this is about environments and saving the environment, but it's like yeah. kind of like woven in with this like family dynamic where it's like he like feels like he has to live up to his dad. And then in turn, that becomes like what his son is doing. Cause it like, it's like this, it's like a generational curse you have to break. It's like, you don't have to be what I want you to be. Don't live vicariously through your children. Um, So yeah, I thought it was like a, it was just like a good, it was a good story. And like what you said earlier, it didn't like run too long. Like there wasn't any part that I was like, they could have done without this. Or like, they didn't need to include this. It was just like, you know, short and sweet and to the point. I was like, yeah, everything makes sense to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little newsreel in the beginning. It's kind of laid the groundwork for this strange world, literally the Avalonia world that nobody seems to know anything outside of. Um, so that, that you know, made me ask all kinds of questions. You know, what is this? <laughs> and uh uh, I don't know. You, you find out some answers, but it still leaves a lot of questions. And it's it's supposed to be like a pulp novel from you know, the early 20th century or, you know, uh, something like Jules Byrne, your journey to the center of the earth. I, I feel like it has maybe a bit more literary substance 
who would, but but then that had all sorts of um copycats throughout um the following decades and i mean the uh directors cite steven spielberg um and arthur conan doyle's the lost world uh, 1912 novel um there's a, a painter um i think by the name of church frederick church uh that they cited i'm just gonna look up the work there yeah it's it's they're very um fantastical frederick edwin church or very um like thomas kincaid you know very um light you know he's the painter of light yeah a lot of cool uh color lighting landscapes um almost uh, larger than life although technically still grounded within like i'm seeing just seeing some landscapes of hills and greenery but like incredible cloudscapes as well and skies and, and sunsets so yeah that definitely matches up with the color palette that we get from from this film well yeah and that's something they like wanted to make they wanted the like upper world i guess you can call it in the inner yeah. world yeah to be different colors yeah. So it was like, I was, I read an article and it was saying that when they were in the inner world, there was like no browns. They didn't want any brown or blue or like green. They mm -hmm. wanted everything to be like really vibrant, um, okay. which I thought was like a good like contrast between the up and the inside, I guess is a good way to, to explain yeah. it. Did they explain uh, like the light source on the interior world? Uh, how or in mm -hmm. the interior like uh yeah why was it so vibrant so bright i guess there's just a, a lot of there's a general power source that's coursing through everything because everything's alive down there so it, it makes sense but i just don't really remember seeing yeah i didn't say anything about a light source but they because they were basically like because it is a strange world they were like we wanted it to be as weird as possible we wanted it to be unique and different and not like not reminiscent of like any other movie that like Disney has done. They're like, we want it to be weird. And they, apparently they even had like very lax rules. So they would tell the animators like, do whatever you want. And then if you feel like you've gone too far, go a little farther, do more. <laughs> because they were like, we want it to be different. And they did want it to be like cartoony because it is a cartoon. Uh -huh. like, we wanted mm -hmm. it to be cartoony. Um, so it's like, they would like do a face shape, like a, like a facial expression for one of the characters. And they are like, ooh, can you make that like more asymmetrical? Like, can we do a bit more? Um, and like, it was like intentional that the care, like none of the creatures have faces. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like they, they were like, they were like, we want it to be weird. We want it to like be different from where they are from on the upside. Cause this is the strange world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like, it was really yeah. interesting. Like the thought process of like the trees and all the other flora and fauna that was there. They were like, we wanted it to like stand out, but not so much that you're staring at it and not watching the movie. Therein lies kind of the biggest twist of the film. You know, what really is this world? And it's, I mean, is it really even a twist? It's it's pretty obvious. And um, I mean, hopefully people listening have seen it, but you know, I'll just say we're on the inside of a creature and uh, and you do see like its eyeball at one point. And so, I mean, uh, it, it uh, and there are like obvious references to various 
internal organs like lungs uh, or and blood vessels, you know, the vascular system, it's, you know, blood vessels containing, um, you know, red blood cells. Uh, some of them are, you know, red and some are purple because they're, they've been deoxygenated and, and then all these various other uh, creatures that sort of act as like the immune system and does um, yeah, sort of the, re repair. Like the, the worm yeah. creature. So yeah. <laughs> it was funny because like, I didn't even, and maybe because I was like, I don't know, maybe because I was like multitasking at the same time, but yeah. like in my brain, it never like crossed my mind that they were like in something, which it makes sense. But I was like, they saw the eye and I was like, what, <laughs> what, what is happening? Uh, I was like, okay, okay, it's moving. Okay, so this is like, this, okay, they're not like on some island. They are on. I mean, they are, but they're not. Um, it, it but it left made enough, sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it made sense. Like once it did the reveal, I was like, oh, like the trees make sense because they kind of look like the brachii in your lungs. Yeah. I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. <laughs> I was like, I went back. Like the anatomy was lost on me the majority of the movie until they revealed. So <laughs> I, mean, I should watch it again, honestly, and like be able to mm -hmm. fully pay attention. Because um, yeah, I was shook. <laughs> it maybe it was smart to keep things intentionally vague because I, all ecosystems are are kind of like. Uh, a body like an organism whether they're composed of multiple organisms or technically one like even humans like we have so many um microbial uh you know constituent entities inhabiting us you know single cell creatures perhaps several multicellular creatures as well you know there, there were little things in this that looked like little tardigrades call back to our wendell and wild episode uh, those little things that lifted the ship through the um, like the gastrointestinal tract. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's it, I think um, it's a good analogy just comparing kind of our planet Earth to uh, a body, to an organism uh, by, you know, a uh, is there a, a good term that sort of encompasses both the organism and the um the community but like an ecosystem essentially um so yeah the, a strong ecological message that's warranted for a film like this that is just exploring all things biology you know from botany you have um you know searcher clade who leaves being an explorer to become a, a farmer and, and is a, a incredible um pioneer in his field as a result and celebrated across avalonia you know he discovers this uh electric plant <laughs> uh, completely uh giving their society a facelift by uh, supplying the technology to be able to you know build these uh, airships and things like that but yeah um but yeah I, and I that's love... like yeah. oh go ahead no go ahead well uh... Uh, one of the my favorite um, jokes, uh, probably my favorite moment in the film is how Searcher kind of casually just mentions that <laughs> there are statues of both he and uh, Jaeger in the, you know, in the town square of their their um, nation's capital. And the, and the 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 one of the son, uh, Searcher, is 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 larger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When I like kept the dad was like, why did you get a statue? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see he discovered the uh, the energy source that powers their entire civilization. But also, like, there's a thing about you know people who live to see statues erected of them and how that can be kind of an awkward thing. Walt Disney never, ever wanted a statue of him to exist anywhere with on Disney property. Um, but in the 90s, they unveiled the partner statue because they felt you know enough time had passed and it was a good way of honoring his legacy. And I agree. Yeah, and well, that's like, um, I, I want to say like, I would, so I was reading and honestly, like there is technically not, there's not a villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. not a traditional villain. And apparently they did that intentionally um, because they wanted it more to be like an emotional antagonist versus like a legit villain but which i I mean i get it but when uh they lock them all in the closet because they're like we need that electricity (laughs) and i was like i don't know man they were kind of villains for a second like (laughs) like those people were kind of the villains yeah they were kind of villains for a second um but i did like that that it wasn't like oh there's this big bad that they have to fight it was just like Nope, it's a movie where they got to do things and no one's technically bad. Because then that's why I was like, it makes sense. That's why they're not villains. Because it's like, oh, we want to keep electricity because we need it. Um, But then, of course, the environmental message is that they didn't all along. (laughs) It's the fight or the rage against the status quo um, that is is often the most difficult battle of all. Um, But, you know, this movie... As as much as it is basically a sermon, <laughs> and it did start off with a premise of like, yeah, let's uh, you know, give some nice positive messages about the environment. Um, it's done so in a in a very uplifting way. Uh, it's it's you know they go out of their way to not be preachy. Um, you know, I've I've heard Disney creators. I don't know if it was Don Hall or, or maybe his um, associate Chris Williams, who uh, I think co-directed uh, Big Hero Six with him um said like that uh we don't make message movies is basically what what he said on on a stage that i saw live um and you know it's like well do you <laughs> you know yeah a little bit just just a smidge but that's and that's what i liked about it it was like because i know that there's some people who don't like that i guess and so i'm like i was like it's nice because like the people who i guess have problems with them being like preachier like they could watch it and just disregard the environmental message but yeah like i liked when the sun like when ethan was like he was like oh yeah we're just he's like i don't think we should kill the creatures and he's like oh we're farmers like just just a little pesticide and he was like (laughs) no i don't think i'm gonna be a part of this i don't want to do that i'm out (laughs) i was like okay good for you ethan good for you yeah i well and ethan had befriended uh, yeah, I, I've always been, you know, too much of a a silly, um, hard edged boy. Uh, um, <laughs> like when it comes to, I, you know, hunting animals is fun, you know, shooting guns, uh, you know, if I, if I need to kill something in order to get, you know, that thrill of the hunt, uh, then, you know, <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll do whatever, t- whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, the the that's not exactly how um, cert not searcher uh, Ethan is presented. You know, he's not super. He's not as you know. He wants to be an explorer. He is adventurous and daring, um, but he does also you know he, he makes this friendship with one of the 
um, biological entities that inhabit the interior world uh, and, and realizes that there might be something more going on than just this uh, assault on their power supply. Yeah, the the idea of like, you know, do we totally upend our civilization in order to um, to, to save this other life form that lives down here in in the uh, on, you know belief beneath the earth it's a good thing they did but um a lot of times i think it's it's cool how the film doesn't like use the cop out of well now that they do that like that even that gave gave them access to an even better power supply you know that wasn't as corrupting as yeah. the one they were using before no, I mean, they do have to go back to the surface and kind of figure things out from scratch. Um, but they yeah. made the right decision because their whole civilization would have, you know, either the um, power source, this uh, Pando, you know, would have killed the host and um, and the Pando would have evaporated probably <laughs> eventually. And or, um, you know, the host would sink below the ocean <laughs> and uh that's what i was thinking because yeah. i was so. like okay like if they decide like oh no we need the electricity we're gonna mm-hmm. like keep killing the stuff inside and i'm like i don't know man if that thing that you're on dies yeah you guys are probably also gonna die which makes sense I, that's the environmental message <laughs> if the thing you're on dies yeah. You're probably going to be SOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, how do we know? Nicely. How do we? How do we know when we've killed the Earth though? Because the Earth doesn't have a heart like this thing did. <laughs> or, know, does, or does it? <laughs> have you seen the weather? Uh, <laughs> no, but like, like the, the physical. Yeah. The, what? What is the um, metaphorical equivalent of you know this creature's heart stopping? You know that. Yeah, I guess maybe certain weather patterns just totally. The ice um... caps. The ice caps yeah, melting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the heart. They're melting. The polar bears have nowhere to go. Uh... <laughs> maybe maybe the, um, oh, what is it? The magnetic field completely switches. and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We collide with the sun. Who knows? Something crazy. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we don't have to. Well, that, so I will say I was reading an article and they said that that's something they were kind of in woven in with the family thing um it's kind of like what kind of ancestor will we be like what kind of life lessons are you leaving what kind of world are you leaving for you know generations to come um and it's like it's kind of like the same question one for the environment and one for the people that you're related to um which i was like yeah i was like i just i like that they like were able to merge those Mm. two concepts together so nicely Cause I was like, oh yeah, like it, like one didn't overwhelm the other. Like I was like, oh yeah, like at the end they like they all get along and they do their own things because they're mm-hmm. all different people, um, and that's yeah. kind of like the conclusion they come to. And I was like, yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the sort of heel turn briefly to um, you know this movie not having any direct antagonists um, and. Um, yeah, that doesn't last for very long. Um, There's kind of similar comparisons with um, films like Treasure Planet and Atlantis, uh, you know, both adventure stories, you know, pulp adventures. Um, and both, I think, have scenes involving a mutiny, uh, although the yeah. one in Strange World <laughs> is, is far less severe than either of those. 
Um, you know, this movie is a lot more cartoony than I would say either of those. It's it's maybe a little more oriented towards little kids. But yeah, and that's maybe, you know, the the whole environmental message. Um, I know pe- people seem to have a weird thing about that. And I don't know, I, there are people who are like, sort of, you know, flat earth mentality when it comes to uh, engaging with environmental messages. Um, they just almost, you know, want to deny that humans have any involvement in what's going on. I I mean, I don't know. It's, I feel like we have an involvement, you know, whether, whether the environment were, you know, fantastic, uh, we'd still have an involvement because we live on this planet. So we, we ought to treat it you know, with respect, <laughs> no matter what, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, whether, whether, yeah, the, the climate is great, whether it sucks, you know, yeah, uh, it shouldn't matter. Um, so well, yeah, and I think it's yeah. like all the way around, like just treat everything nice, like, you know, treat animals yeah. nice and treat trees nice and just be nice. Just, yeah. just be nice. Be nice to the planet. Okay. Be nice to all the things on the planet. <laughs> let's, let's not exploit. Let's, uh, let's learn to you know interact. you know coexist like that great bumper sticker uh, like yeah <laughs> no i, I still mean, see those all the time uh, <laughs> uh one of the most obnoxious things you could ever lay eyes on but you know at, at its heart it has sort of a you know a point we you know war is hell we we can't be you know treating ourselves like we're like we're foreign uh what was the word contaminants <laughs> yeah you know? like we're all the same we're all the same you don't gotta fight about it just you just, just hug it just hug everybody okay just be happy <laughs> oh, it'd be so easy be. yeah it'd well, be so so easy <laughs> yeah i mean i i had a lot of ang- aggression i think and i think that gets pent up you know over you i don't know years of maybe not resolving emotion and um learning how to conceal, don't feel. Uh, and that get, especially gets manifested around the holidays, being with family. Um, of course, this movie deals with strife among family members. Um, and so like that, that's going to come out in various ways that are sort of aggressive and, uh, you know, not conducive to warm hugs. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So, so what do we do with that aggression? You know, what's a healthy and even um, not necessarily channeling it in ways that aren't um, aggressive. Like, I, I think it's still OK to do things that are, you know, technically violent or like have you know, a lot of output entropy associated with them if we have to do them therapeutically but but like exercise i think that's a that's a great solution i don't know the spitballing here is not perhaps I mean, the best <laughs> have you ever have you uh heard of rage rooms yeah what, what's that they I, open I, they open one here um yeah. but it's basically you pay mm-hmm. to go into a room and smash things with like okay. a sledgehammer or a bat or whatever you want to smash things with you can and i think that you can even like pay like i think it's like included there's like different packages but you can like have like a tv included mm-hmm. or something something big that you can smash um and yeah okay. it's just somewhere you can go to you know get out some rage sometimes you just gotta like be physical just don't do it at people just just do it in a rage room and break like a mirror or something <laughs> yeah well, there's like a, a really innovative 
solution um, employed by the National Health Service in the UK. You know, it's it's a nationally funded health system that they have over there. So it's not, you know, has there's not as much money say being thrown around as there is in a more profit driven system like in the US. So they have to be a little creative with people seeking treatment for certain issues and a lot of like mental health stuff. They'll prescribe exercise and it just like so many of the problems just evaporate. And once people start getting on an exercise routine, um, I, you know, shout out to Dak Shepard's show, uh, armchair expert for that little factoid. Um, you know, he pop psychology is is kind of the whole premise of that show. <laughs> um, and I know I was referencing that show uh, leading up to this episode. Uh, Gra- Gabrielle Union was on his show recently too. She was talking about like incidents, for, you know, just like a sexual assault in her life, and she's very hyper vigilant. Everything she does, you know, has been re- rehearsed in her head multiple times. I feel like I'm the same way, but. Um, for me, it, it's it's essentially prevented me from, you know, functioning as an adult much of the time. <laughs> but when she, I I didn't know about her that she was like a, such a big proponent of like therapy. Okay. And which I found interesting, I because I did listen to that episode and it was like really interesting. Like her and Dak Shepard both were like, yeah, therapy, it, yeah. it is awesome. You should go. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just need to talk it out. Like, and yeah, I think talking. that's like a lot of what happens is that people don't talk about it. They, they conceal, they don't feel. And so then, yeah. you know, it explodes out of them. Um, whereas, you know, you go and talk about it and you're like, okay, I can kind of like work through these things versus just holding it in and thinking about it for a while. Well, if, if civilization does uh, reach a decline, it's like there, there will be then a resurgence of people who uh, like the, the great poem, um, can't think of the author's name right now, but uh, you know, rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's uh, quoted <laughs> in uh, the Christopher Nolan film Interstellar about kind of the, the end of civilization, and the beginning of a new one. Um, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out about this movie is that so when the at the end you see like, I guess the Earth, I'm assuming it's Earth. So I was curious and I couldn't find answers. On if this is before us or after us. Because yeah, I didn't see any land masses on that earth. Fun thing to speculate. So I was intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Do not go gentle into that good night by Dylan Thomas. But anyways, continue. Oh, no, I was just that was I was intrigued yeah. by that at the end. Because, uh, you know, it's like the, there's they still farm, but now it's different. And like <laughs> they still have airships, but they're ran by like wind power. And I assume that they probably also have solar power and, you know, they have candles and whatnot. Um, but they ha- got power from like wind and things, which eh, makes sense. Those are things that are more environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. typically. Um, yeah. But of course, it's, but yeah, it's a very so, yeah, sort of vict- late Victorian aesthetic. Uh, their society has adopted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, very steampunk. And then, yeah, you get the like airship um sort of vehicles from from that era as well so yeah uh i i guess they're stuck <laughs> yeah well that's what they were like oh yeah we're gonna have to go back and tell everyone they don't get electricity anymore which i mean i mean what i honestly i could see why that they were like no we need we need to do the pesticides because like that would think about telling everyone there's no more internet sorry guys no Ugh. more internet the world Gosh. would crash people i don't know what people would do 
I don't know what I would do. Our internet went out for one day, one whole day. And I was like, what do I do with like my kids? They were like, they were like trying to watch streaming. And I was like, sorry guys, there's nothing. And then my daughter was like, fine, I'll play like a game on my Nintendo. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So she was playing that. Then she goes to my computer and she's like, and she gets on it. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I can't get past this level. I have to search it. And I was like, there's no internet. Mm. There's no internet. And she's like, they're like <laughs> broken. She doesn't, because I mean, she's nine. So she ha- has had internet her whole life. She doesn't understand the struggle that we went through at the beginning of our lives. Uh, so oh, <laughs> it's I, like I, so I was, funny. Yeah. It's so funny to see it. Cause they're like, they, I mean, even in school, they use, like she does more typing yeah. than she does writing. And so it's pretty wild. It's pretty funny that it's like, they're like confused. There's no internet. What do I do now? <laughs> I, I mean, I was such a screen fiend throughout my life that I, I could not countenance the notion of living in another era where there was no, um, you know, television on demand, computers, uh, you know, availability of screens. It's like, what what do you do for entertainment, especially <laughs> prior to even like the widespread availability of like books and reading and things like that? I'm, you know, but obviously I was just, you know, <laughs> been molded by my surroundings then as I have been now. So, you know, it's kind of a silly yeah. A speculation to even um to venture but uh, the, there's also the not, not retro future steampunk civilization that is just clearly um meant to sort of exist within its own little pulp you, you know you know that it closes on that final panel of of like a comic book from the 1930s yeah uh 25 cents you know strange world from uh, i think that there's even a subtitle that it shows going inside or something like that. So it, it seemed like a, uh, oh, strange, a strange world. Oh, I don't know. It, it didn't say adventures from the inner world or something like that, did it? That, that would have the word world twice. It seems kind of awkward. But it seemed like a reference, uh, like a direct reference to inner space. Um also starring Dennis Quaid, of course. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Fantastic Voyage. You know, these I've seen Magic School Bus, of course, plenty of times. But oh yeah, we we are a Magic School Bus household. We watch that a lot. It's really funny to see how they've like revamped it, but it still like has the same. It has the same pull, even with Kate McKinnon, because she is not Miss Frizzle. Okay. She is like Miss Frizzle's like niece. And Miss Frizzle makes like um, she always makes a cameo at the end of each episode. Um, okay. Well, so I'm like, a... I'm like, I'm glad that they didn't try to like just straight up replace her because I've yeah, like, good, no. good casting. Yeah. Um, I don't see. I was trying to find it. I don't see. I can't mm-hmm. find like at least not one with more words on it. It's just like oh, yeah. strange work. I'm hearing a bit of con- uh, percussion w- with you on the, the keyboard. I wonder if your computer's <laughs> flush to the surface or uh, it is. It, it it's is? on the same thing that my microphone is on. Well, yeah, yeah, you're using the the onboard mic on your laptop. So no, 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 I have a mic. Oh, oh, oh you oh you have a separate mic. Okay, because I'm I'm hearing. Yeah, it, it's um... just on my desk. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm hearing some occasional. Uh, it, it's these drumming oh, it's oh nice. my nails. very nice very it's nice my nails because <laughs> yeah. i was trying to do it quietly but i was like yeah, i can probably no, still hear no. it because 
I need like a stand for my mic so it's not on my desk, but alas, mm. I put that on my list of things I should probably get. <laughs> Sorry, I'm you know, not trying to bother you just for <laughs> listening purposes. I, you know, um, it, it, it is perhaps, I don't know how loud it is to the listener, but uh, no, uh, boring tech stuff. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's been yeah, very fun i'm I, surprised you can I, uh, hear it because i was like oh I was, I was trying to be quiet but yeah it's my fingertips no, that's the problem. they're tapping yeah. <laughs> um we're still figuring things out on the show I, i'm i'm gonna try to put more work into um developing the show in 2023 it's, it, I, you know i've i've come to i don't know i like with anything you know the the jaegers are not the the funny you know jaeger means hunter searcher you know that's pretty obvious it's a it's a ethan i don't know why ethan you know they settled they just didn't want an exciting first name i guess <laughs> for their just, son what does ethan it's mean kind of, does uh ethan mean anything it, maybe it does mean something um it's not a bad you know we have ethan hunt the hero from mission possible uh ethan it means you know, firm just, enduring strong and long-lived oh there you go appears eight I times did like time. I did like that uh I liked the wife's name Meridian like, yeah that's an interesting name it's like I've never heard that as a name I liked that have you ever gotten acupuncture <laughs> no I haven't actually I've considered it but then it kind of like I don't know weird to me out yeah yeah me neither uh you're, gonna, <laughs> you're saying oh uh, I was just saying like i <laughs> When he, at the beginning of the movie, when he was saying his son's name, I was like, is his kid's name Searcher? Yeah. Searcher? Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, okay, Jaeger and Searcher. Weird. I, I thought it was an interesting choice for his name to be Searcher. And then, yeah, then they, he named his kid Ethan. And I was like, he was like, yeah, I'm definitely not following my dad, whatever he was doing. No, mm -hmm. no. But I did, I did think it was funny that their last name is Clade. And Dennis Quaid was in the oh, movie. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a very like close name. I wonder if they already had that in their back pocket. They, yeah, they had, um, you know, the directors and producer had um, specific actors in mind for some of the main characters. Jabuki Young White, I do believe, auditioned for the role of Ethan. Um and he yeah did you listen to the disney uh, presents thing that uh said? yeah yeah that podcast um yeah he, yeah that was kind of an awkward moment in the interview yeah where, yeah jabuki <laughs> young white and and uh dennis quaid were together during the interview and uh the interviewer uh asked about the audition process and quaid just, just straight up was like you auditioned <laughs> What audition? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like yeah. Timothy Chalamet like has an audition for anything in like seven years, and I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> They're like, no, they write movies for Timothy Chalamet. He does not audition. Um, but yeah, I thought that I thought that part was funny. He was just like, oh, you auditioned? Weird. Yeah, you, they still do that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Jabuki uh, it was in Big Hero Six, the series, or no, Baymax. Baymax. Mm -hmm. He was probably in that after he had been cast on the other Disney project, Strange World. Uh, I'm guessing Baymax was maybe a more recent thing for him. Um, well, yeah, I, I, of course, I looked up how old he was after I listened to the podcast because I like yeah. it, I did it in like order. I like because I when I clean 
or do anything that I cannot be multitasking. I listen to podcasts. So <laughs> um, I was listening to that while I was driving and he was like, oh yeah, they were like, oh, you need to sound like a teenager. And he was like, all right, cool. I, I do. So it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked up how old he was and he's only like, he's born 94. I'm 31. Yeah. That's uh, 28, 20, 29 28? this year. Yeah. 20. Yeah. 29 this year. I'm like, I'm had to count backwards because I don't know how old I am. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so he was like 28 and I was like, well, I mean, he did, he was a believable teenager voice. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very good. Fit. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I did, I liked how they talked about how I think was it in the podcast, they talked about how I think it was Hall. Pretty sure it was Hall, how he was a farmer. He was actually like a farmer growing up. Yeah, Don Hall. Yep. Yeah, yep. he was actually a farmer growing up, and they were like, "That's weird." And they were like, "He was like, yeah, <laughs> like I have a tie to this movie." And you know, of course, like when you grow up on a farm, yeah. your family's just like, "Hey, you're gonna continue to farm." And he's like, "Actually, no, I'm gonna go be like an artist and produce things and direct things." Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and there's certain. I don't know, uh, professions that seem to be more appealing. Uh, and if you can get your foot in through nepotism, uh, um, then then maybe you'd be more inclined to do so than other professions. You know, farming, you know, is viewed as kind of, uh, you know, what's so special? You know, it's kind of mundane. You're just kind of, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, you know, which is, you know, far from the truth, but it, it kind of gets that you know, perception just from the cyclical nature of it. But, uh, you know, something like entertainment, uh, it's literally you're playing as your career. So that's one of the, you know, avenues people are most primed to to list as, as something that they want to do when they grow up or, um, you know, a career that, that is generally appealing to people and, and obviously also rife with, um, you know, there's, there's, I guess, a whole thing in, you know, the zeitgeist at the moment, uh, you know, Napple babies has become uh, like a term. Um, it's just pretty silly, I think. But, you know. Yeah. Well, that I, that's like, that's the Timothy Chalamet thing that I read earlier. They were actually like, yeah. yeah, he comes from famous people and he does an audition because like mm-hmm. they get nepotism because of who their parents are <laughs> and which. Granted, I like Timothy Chalamet. I think he is a good actor. But there are some people out yeah. there that aren't that good that keep being in things because their parents have money, which is here or there. I mean, I'm not fighting them for roles right now, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, there's a big moment. There's a big movement with like the nepotism. I, I probably I feel like I see like a couple articles every day from someone else who is like not happy about it. <laughs> like like yeah. the the actor or artist is not happy about being called that. And they were like, yeah, oh, no. but like, no. they're like, yeah, but your, your parents were famous. <laughs> that, that's how a lot of careers work, including agriculture. Yeah. You know, agriculture is, is actually a very difficult career to get into without, you know, strong connections to the field because it is a, a prayer, a, a fairly small, like insulated, group of people like not nearly as many people are farmers now as there used to be you know in 50 years century ago um yeah i mean and that's the thing like it's usually it stays within the family because like if you grow up doing that 
a lot of time, unless you, you know, go off to become a director, you, <laughs> you continue to do those things if that's what you like. Um, but I was like, I was actually talking um, to Godfrey about that earlier. Cause he was like, Oh, well, like, like, you know, farming's cool. And I was like, yeah, but like, if you are artistic and farming, isn't your calling, like, and it's kind of like what the movie is. It's like Jaeger wanted searcher to be an adventurer, but he's like, I'm not that I'm not that. I am like the I'm like intellectual. I'm a farmer. I do not want to explore. I'm afraid of things. Yeah. Um, and then so then he in turn does the same thing to his kid. And he's like, yeah, like you want to be a farmer, right? And he's like, actually, no, like I want to kind of like adventure and like take mm-hmm. care of animals. I get what's like what he does at the end. But yeah, yeah. Um, legend. So it's like it kind of like yeah. falls into. Yeah, it's like he kind of like like in that way. I'm like that. That's basically what the movie is about, like if he doesn't want to be a farmer because he'd rather like be artistic or be a scientist or be any a faker, like it wouldn't be fair for his family to be like, well, you have to be a farmer and be like, well, I don't want to be a farmer. Like I like other things. I want to do other stuff. So yeah, I thought it was, it's interesting, but yeah, I would say with farming, especially here, cause I, we have a ton of farms out here and dairy places and stuff Yeah, <laughs> down here in the South. There's lots of stuff down here, uh, lots yeah. of corn, tons of corn here um and yeah a lot of times they are like family ran things like we have a place called steed's dairy that has been in their family for like over 100 years Mm. and now like they they farm corn and they do have dairy cows but Mm. because like you know corporations and stuff there's a lot of farming within companies yeah they don't do as much farming so they've actually turned it into like a place where kids can come and play during the fall yeah, That's so they like fun. turn it around. They're like, farming's not really a big thing anymore. Like, it's not as profitable. So I guess we'll do this instead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, farms can become uh, roadside attractions in themselves uh, in many ways. Yeah, like it's kind of a fun fixture to have that local, you know, family-owned farm that hosts like a f- fall festival every year or something like that. You know, there's lots of things like that up where I live too. Um the uh let's see you know as we wrap up i guess uh you know, some things that didn't appeal i mean it's, it's pretty straightforward conventional story it's, it's nothing i mean it did get a b cinema score which is the lowest since they started um collecting those stats on film you know the, they started asking people um you know it's it's immediately after they walk out of the screening you know what would you grade this film um and basically all disney animated films since cinema scores inception have gotten an a or an a minus this one got a b um and then uh, some of the cartooniness of just the action it's supposed to be an action-oriented uh film but a lot of it felt kind of hollow to me just because it's it's so cartoony and it it plays very fast and loose with physics and geography um so it i don't know i it had a hard time feeling grounded really the only thing that made this film feel grounded for me was the performances and the, the character relationships yeah and i mean i can see that like i don't I, the thing i like about cartoons is that they are cartoons and i mm-hmm. feel like a lot of movies now they're so obsessed with like being hyper-realistic. Yeah. And I like, I don't think that is necessarily, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Cause I'm like, yeah, like it's cool to see like a cartoon be hyper-realistic, but like that's what, I mean, that's what they pump out a hundred live action movies for. 
So I, yeah. I, I did like the cartoony aspect. It's kind of like Princess and the Frog. I loved the animation of Princess and the Frog. Like if they do a live action Princess and the Frog, which I'm sure they will eventually, I just don't need it. <laughs> like I like the cartoons. I like that it's like cartoony. That's what I want. That's what I want out of cartoon. There, there are some genuine moments of peril in a lot of Disney animated films. Like frequently, often I feel that characters are in peril and and frequently die <laughs> in in some of these films. Um, and it's it's very dramatic. This it really didn't have anything like that. I never for a second you know was worried that any of the characters were going to die or anything. Yeah. So uh, I read an article that apparently, while they were deciding how the movie was going to end, they had a couple of different endings. And there was one where everyone dies except for, yeah, except for Callista. Like she would be the last one. Everyone else dies and she's the last one stuck in this, like in this inner world. Um, Yeah. It was like, they were like, it's probably early. They wanted, (laughs) no. Yeah. They were like, they were like, okay, like we could do it this way or maybe like just one person die. And then they were like, you know what? Like, we don't want that to overshadow everything else that we're doing. Like, I guess they wanted to keep it light. They wanted yeah. to keep it a bit lighter and not have that. So they they scrapped it. And they were like, no, 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 no. Everyone lives. Everyone lives. We're good. Happily ever after. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> an, an idea that was was probably floated early on in the production, uh, like <clears throat> during the story meetings and stuff, before they had established the look. Because it's, it's like these characters so cute and rotund and perfectly rounded eyes and you know so expressive. It's like... You don't really want to see any harm come to them because they're, they're they're a classic cutesy Disney look. And I, I think the looks are even um, more, you know, classically Disney stylized than even a lot of uh, modern Disney films um, in the in the CG um style uh because they specifically uh reference the animation of films from like the 40s and 50s um you know hall states in the, the interview like uh we looked at the alice in wonderland peter pan adventures of ichabod and mr toad like just these very uh broad and uh, exaggerated proportions on, on these characters and, and they're just very um you know, squashy and stretchy, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, noodle-like in some ways. And yeah, so it, it, um, it, it does have that kind of classic, uh, old school feel. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could have used a little more, um, well, a little more, uh, teenage angst like you got in those <laughs> Do you uh, need some more grit? <laughs> early 2000s adventures like Atlantis and Treasure Planet which yeah. you know Treasure Planet bombed at the box office similar to this uh, Atlantis did okay but I, I don't think it necessarily wowed audiences which led to perhaps Treasure Planet's underwhelming performance because they were like eh I give, give this the classic like uh, fairy tale stuff also it was a time when 2D animation was struggling as well so that could have been a factor at that time yeah and that's what i think that's kind of what happened is like i think it is a bit of that and then again i think a lot of it had to do with just the lack of marketing yeah and that and that's and that's kind of what i was reading it's like chapic like all the other films like turning red uh mm-hmm. luca um so especially like during covid and stuff um a lot of those films he just did straight to disney plus 
And so because he was a bit more on like the live action train and like Marvel and Lucasfilm, like, cause you know, those are big franchises. He was kind of pushing more on those. And so they were just like, yeah, marketing just kind of fell short. And like they, and they, I was reading that like some people felt like the trailer was misleading and didn't make it seem interesting. It's like, they didn't highlight the parts of the movie that would be interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah. Which honestly, I never saw a trailer. I never ever saw a trailer for this movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. I JPEG was very hands off when it came to a lot of the uh, the filmmaking end of things. Um, you know, he had a person specifically assigned to like decide what distribution type uh, would uh, <laughs> would be used for the various projects you know whether yeah it goes well this goes to Disney plus this goes to theaters this goes to ABC this goes to you know ESPN plus whatever you know it was, <laughs> it was very arbitrary um, and yeah that was there's just very like a cold calculated approach to things that I think just permeated the overall culture. Uh, at Disney and and just led to kind of a tepid uh, enthusiasm, tempered enthusiasm in all aspects of the company, perhaps, um, especially the the non-creative aspects like like marketing, uh, distribution. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I mentioned some of like the social commentary in a previous episode about you know the prominence of the LGBT. Um, you know issues in this film and whether disney was loath to, to advertise it too much because they would get pushback from parents and, and like parents groups uh, who are you know particularly sensitive about you know these kinds of things um i don't know it's it's very it's it's not a main feature of this film but it is treated very casually and kind of like I don't know that more apparent than really any other film like this. Like, you know, he he has a crush, and oh, hey, it's a it's a dude, but nobody like acts. Yeah, you know, in, in the movie, it's it's not treated with any amount of um, noteworthiness <laughs> by any of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what a... I, I yeah I liked their approach because I was like, yeah, it's like literally. It's kind of like when people freaked out about Buzz Lightyear, the Lightyear movie. And I'm like, it's literally five, like five seconds of the movie. It's literally so small, but people made it like such a big thing. And that's kind of how I felt about this. And I'm like, yeah, like they touch on it just a smidge more. But I liked that everyone, it just was like, whatever. It's no, yeah. like if that would have been a girl, no different. It was just like, yeah, like, oh, they flirt a little. And I thought it was funny that like, searcher was like oh yeah that's your friend that's your friend oh yeah your friend seems nice yeah 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 because you know that's how parents are you're like yeah. oh who is that who who is who's that <laughs> like so it was like it was cute that everyone it was just normal there wasn't anything like yeah. is everyone paying attention to this moment right now that's happening like nothing it was just normal they don't really like it's not really talked about it just happens and that's it it's yeah. it's a very yeah and the rainbow colored universe to this avalonia people of all different races and colors and shapes and sizes 
Um, it's maybe a little bit too woo-woo uh, in that regard, too. Like, maybe people just think it, it's just this film is too tinged with wokeness for me to take it all that seriously <laughs> or something. Like, like it is just too preachy. I don't know. Uh, I, I just think the story necessarily or wasn't necessarily good enough to get over some of these issues that people might have, you know, whether they agree with the movie's message or not, like it, people don't like necessarily being pandered to. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like getting into these kinds of things. I know a lot of people are very sensitive and I could care less. Uh, um, <laughs> well, I don't even think that it's pandering. I think that it's yeah. just, you know, like, there are people mm -hmm. who look like this and there are people who feel this way yeah. and it's just a normal thing. And I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel like it was like one of those things like done aggressively. Like it was no, just absolutely like, not. Yeah. Like but this is gonna something. Be, yeah. Like, people blow right. everything out of proportion. No, you're good. People blow everything out of proportion. Believe me. I'm in, I'm in parent groups. You should see some of the stuff I see sometimes, but <laughs> I'm like, it was one of those things. That <laughs> it's my, just my, like, my, my headphones no, just malfunction. Sorry, can you hear me? <laughs> no, yeah, I can hear oh you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very good. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that it was like so casual. Oh gosh, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> okay, so much for ever using those headphones again. <laughs> oh, I was like, I was like technical difficulties. Philip has broken yeah. his headset. Uh <laughs> the, the cord came out and I couldn't get it back in. It came out, there's a an end that goes into the headset itself and I couldn't get it back into the headset. Ugh. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I was just going to say like there, you know, parental advocacy groups who, who just, um, what was the, the Bach at the slightest little perceived thing. And, and these are also the, the kinds of people who are going to um, chafe at the, uh, the environmental messages and stuff too so it's like you know let's let's maybe just say this movie's not for them yeah and that's what i was saying like it's one of those things that it's like so casual because like these are things that happen in real life mm -hmm. and it like uh, and i feel like sometimes people kind of like sequester themselves into like their own little groups that only do the things that they like or whatever they agree with yeah. and so that's why it can get like I guess some people can get up in a tizzy sometimes about movies having mm -hmm. certain things in them but like mm -hmm. it it really reflects normal like normalcy like there are people who are in whatever relationships and there are people yeah. of all races so it would make sense that you know if there's a city on the back of a floating island, that there would be people that are not just like one color. And well, yeah, yeah. Who know? Who cares? <laughs> and who knows? You know, it's it's of this fantasy world, this far flung fantasy. But oh, yeah. And man, maybe there's fun thing, one fun ways you could speculate about how like civilization ended up there from where it is now, or is it an alternate dimension? Is it an alternate? Is it a different planet? I mean, it is a comic. It could be fake. <laughs> it's 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 a well yeah uh but yeah truth is so much stranger than fiction too when it comes to the reality of our human civilization um and then the the em emphasis of the interconnectedness of things too which i really like um that people like to um d defile and and deny 
um, you know, humans connection and our participation in the natural world, um, you know, to say that we're somehow separate from that is just, you know, come the height of ignorance. Uh, so, and, and, uh, yeah, stems from a lot of, yeah, uh, toxic you know, tendencies related to like our inability to express emotions properly and, and connect to each other. Um, but yeah, now this episode's become incredibly preachy. So <laughs> just like the movie, no, just like the movie. <laughs> oh, it's, no, I, mean, I, I just you had to yeah. touch on it a little bit because it is in there, and you know there will be people mm. who hate it, and there will be people who love it, and I mean I feel like that's any anything these days. But I I wonder just how connected is that to the performance of some of these movies, the 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 wokeness tinged. Uh, <laughs> films like strange world and uh light year that that fail at the box office it's you know i mean countless people who like to tout that you know you do a certain thing you go broke i won't say the actual phrase because it's been <laughs> repeated way too many times i don't know but I, so i have i honestly i haven't seen anything about this movie so far <laughs> like usually yeah. the normal people that i see who have things to say about things have not mentioned this movie so I just have assume it hasn't they haven't happened across it just yet um but and, you know sometimes people are like picky about uh, some things and not others so who knows um it'll be interesting to see because they they hated the Adams family but they've loved okay. other things so who knows so I haven't and it could be a marketing thing or maybe they don't have Disney plus so they haven't had a chance to watch it <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I shared on our chat. This might be my last point, really. This, but I I did share like a publication from an advocacy group uh, related to this subject, and it was sort of almost like a, a sigh of relief that this movie failed because of its messages, and uh, you know that I'm, that wouldn't have been. To, yeah, I must have missed that. Where was that? Uh, I I did. When did, did you, you send see it? that that newsletter that I shared to the the group chat? Uh, it was a while back. Um, but anyways, it it just had to do with you know the the you know some of the progressive stuff that uh, that you know people can't view other than through just a sharply politically uh, divided framework. Um, no, I missed that one. I'll have to like okay, go back and shoot. look for it. Yeah, you know, just from an actual, like an actual, you know, po politically minded group. Uh, that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> pol politics is—it's so fun, and and that's what it is. It's pure fun. <laughs> it's, it's, the most fun. You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's a game. The you know. Uh, speaking of games, I know they announced a release date of um, the Tron Light Cycle Run roller coaster. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah, April fourth, April fourth, uh, at Magic Kingdom, correct? Yeah, it is Magic Kingdom, or is it Hollywood Studio? No, I think it's 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 in Tomorrowland, right? In Magic oh. Kingdom, um, Tron, Tron Light Cycle Run, Magic Kingdom, Disney hmm. World. Yeah, April fourth. So looking forward to that and covering some more Tron. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, Alex's I've, favorite movie. How, how many people? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping we can get a, a Tron resurgence. You know, as a diehard fan of that property, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, all franchises. You know, 
you got to take them with a grain of salt. But it was like the the guy who did Tron Legacy, who did Top Gun, and that made all the money in the world. So maybe, um, you know, there is some merit in further exploring that franchise cinematically, especially with this new ride coming. Um, all right. Well, I, I thank you so much, Bridget, for talking about Strange Worlds. Is there, there anything else you wanted to note on this film? No, it was just really cute. It was cute. It kept my three-year-old's attention. So it is kid and adult proofed. Because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I say it all the time. There's not enough movies that come out that I also want to watch. So, and also uh, I will add Alan Tudyk was in this movie, but he was not a creature. That threw me. No, no. He was yeah, duffel. He was one of the, one of the, the people, one of the yeah. crew people. And yeah, I was like, he, Alan Tudyk's in here, and he's not any of these weird creatures. <laughs> he, he was also the narrator at the beginning. Uh, oh, I didn't yeah. know. They, they didn't have him listed as the narrator. He had a couple roles. Um, I Yeah, I, I remember reading that, and it sounded like him. So hopefully I'm not um, mistaking that. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, Alan Tudyk credited as the narrator of Strange World as well. But yeah, he was that uh, crew member of the venture. Um yeah, Legend the Dog is actually named after you know the concept of the Dig- Disney legend. Uh, there was a, a Disney legend who worked on this film, provided some key creative input. So that's where, and, and including um, having a dog character besides the already um, present sidekick Splat. In, Splat yeah. yeah, that was present in some of the earlier drafts. Uh, how did they get that past paramount <laughs> didn't they uh do they have to license the term splat from uh, uh you know viacom or you know paramount who uh owns nickelodeon basically <laughs> um it's a bit of a t- taking nickelodeon's thunder a little bit <laughs> i feel they're um, like hey as long as you don't put out any merch we don't care what you do <laughs> Well, the the guy um, Caspian, he's like, I want to merchandise this thing. So definitely a clever little inside joke. Um, oh yeah, well yeah. that's what I was thinking. I was like, as soon as I saw the Splat character, I was like, ah yes, here is the sidekick that everyone loves, that they will use forever, maybe if they decide to continue on with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, merchandising opportunity. I mean, I I thought it's that, like socks, yeah. Olaf, they all have them. All the movies have them. They have to have a lovable sidekick. But he didn't have a face and he just made weird noises. And he was sort of um, his um, allegiance was in question as well, because that creature's purpose is to lead, um, you know, prey to the the ravagers (laughs) and uh, for them to be devoured. So he just about does that. But then he becomes friends with you know with uh ethan so i guess yeah, it, it gives him a good thumbs up yeah. that's what i'm saying I, there's gonna be something there's gonna be a toy and it's just gonna be splat with a thumbs up and everyone will buy it i i prefer morph <laughs> personally from treasure planet uh i don't know like i treasure planet is such a good one i also like yeah. atlantis but i was like yeah, yeah these are the vibes that i'm getting and i like this <laughs> mm-hmm very similar sound effects to morph as well coming from that splat you know these these faceless i don't know would it have benefited the film to give some of these uh little organelles faces uh, i don't know 
Um, it no, might they were just... like, we want it. They were they yeah. like, we want it weird. We don't want faces. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they stuck with their guns, but uh, it, it didn't really pay off. Uh, but hey, people <laughs> will have something to look forward to on Disney Plus. If they haven't seen this, um, you know, this, I guess the opportunity to see it in theaters kind of probably came and went quite quickly. Uh, it's the number one movie on Disney. Get on it. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone who listened to this, sat through the whole episode. It's very fun, Bridget. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, what, can people find you anywhere online? Sure. You can find me on Instagram. It's Bridget. That's Bridget with a T. Five two four six. Awesome. Find the Thodcast streaming on various podcasting platforms. Uh, we're hosted on SoundCloud and find us at Thodcast one word dot com uh, at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, what a fun time checking out some Disney animation uh, wasn't my favorite film from them in recent years. I mean, I really loved Raya, which was similar creative, basically the same creative team as this one. Um, and, and that wasn't a musical either. I mean, I, I love action movies, adventure, you know, it's a, it's a genre that, uh, you know, needs to be, I guess, you know, um, what, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Um, Revamped, revitalized. Uh, yeah, re revitalized. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Rebooted. the constant need of, <laughs> yeah, rejuvenated. Um, and you know, we'll see, like this new Indiana Jones movie, if they manage to pull that off. Uh, you know, some perhaps promising things there. But um, oh yeah, that's how they sold it to win when they were trying yeah. to get them on. Um, they were like, it's yeah. like Indiana Jones mixed with national lampoons vacation and that that's how they sold it <laughs> yeah yeah crazy so i don't know it, it didn't yeah kind of kind of just fizzled but um well we'll see how it shapes a lot of big changes in store you know it's 100 year disney animate or walt disney studios celebration and um you know uh chapek is out Iger's back in uh, and Iger had a much more direct hands-on approach to film and animation, you know, and, and hands-on in the sense that he knew that animation was the heart and soul of uh, the Walt Disney company. And in that sense, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of, of uh, Bob Iger and his contributions that he made um, just if for no other reason than ha that he recognized the value of animation to the core of, of the film company. So uh, without any further delay, I think we will sign off for this first episode of 2023. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm hoping we can all live a more harmonious, uh, peaceful, you know, with ourselves, with our surroundings, um, you know, world and life going forward into these future generations because <laughs> if if uh you endeavor to do the opposite you're going to hear it from the younger crowd and uh what could be more annoying than a bunch of gen zers and post gen zers you know yelling at you i mean i can't imagine <laughs> anything more irritating so uh so let's all uh take care of each other uh, thank you again, Bridget, and thanks to all listening. This is 
the Thodcast. Uh, you all have a magical day, a wonderful week, and warm hugs. It, it's Gin uh, Alpha. That that's that's post uh, Gen Z. They're Gin Alpha. <laughs> Both of my kids are Gin Alpha. <laughs>